0: Welcome back to the You Can Homeschool podcast, where Pat Fenner and Tracy Hegerman candidly discuss all things homeschooling the good, the bad, and the brilliant. Go ahead and grab your favorite drink, find a cozy spot, and join this week's
1: lively discussion. Hi everybody, Pat Fenner here again with Tracy Hagerman, Candid Conversations about Homeschooling and welcome to You Can Homeschool, that's right, the podcast for those who are just getting started, whether you're pandemic or all of a sudden or just uh, starting out on this amazing journey that we call homeschooling. So today's topic I'm so excited about and Tracy's got a ton of stuff to say, so we're going to dive right into it. But today's topic is, uh, we're calling it Beyond the Books Volunteering. Now, the reason we kind of subtitle it Beyond the Books is, I think you'll discover that in the homeschooling lifestyle, you really aren't chained to a table. You know, your kids aren't devoid of social interaction. And as a matter of fact, there were seasons that and I'm sure Tracy can vouch for this too. There were seasons that we, I had to say, no, we're not doing any outside activities this semester because we have to catch up <laughs> on the bookwork. work. So Tracy's going to talk to us about the role of volunteering. And I'll have a little, little smidges to share with that too. But uh, she's got a lot in her heart and she's got a lot she wants to share from her book, uh, The Happy Homeschooler. So, all right, Tracy, why don't you just dive right in and get us started on that.
0: All right, thanks, Pat. No, I'm really excited to be here and talk about this subject. And I'm just going to start out with, um, I'm going to ask you a question, actually, Pat. Um, here where I live in Ontario, Canada, in Ottawa, in the capital city of Canada, If you're in a public school, there's legislation now, and it's been a number of years now, that in order to graduate from high school with your certificate or diploma, you are required to perform 40 hours of community service or volunteer service over a period of time. So 40 hours can be done anywhere between grade nine and grade 12. So basically 10 hours a year. Do you have that where you are? Do you have any legislation or anything like that where they're required to volunteer?
1: Um, we don't in our where where we're living uh, in South Carolina. I'm not sure. I have heard of that in other places, but I think that you know I don't know if it's a district by district or state by state. But our our state doesn't have that. But okay, wow, yeah, that's great.
0: Okay, well uh, you know it's great, but on the other hand, when I heard they had to like you know put this into you don't get to graduate until you yeah. check off this box. I kept hearing about kids scrambling to find something, how they could volunteer and then get someone to sign off on it. And I'm thinking, how could you go like nine, 10, 11, 12, four years and not be volunteering in some form.
1: And 10 hours a year is pretty much 10 hours a year. Oh my gosh, (laughs) that's
0: nothing. so, So the reason I wanted to talk about volunteering, and again, in my book, my book is a very quick read, but I devoted a chapter to this because I think it's something that's missing in our in our young people. And I know in Canada they had done a, a study on volunteerism in Canada, and one of the big things were that the young people weren't volunteering. It mm-hmm. was all people retired and up. Yes. And um, so one of the things, one of the reasons I was uh, really big into volunteering is because I was brought up in a home that part of our responsibility was to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. You should always in some way give back. And, um, so I really wanted that as part of our homeschooling formula. And when you're talking about, yeah, we don't just do books in, in our homeschool only a quarter of our time was actually book work and a quarter of our time was actually volunteering Mm-hmm. Quarter of our time was downtime, and the last quarter of our time was actually uh, exercise and going outside and <laughs> discovering the wonderful world. So volunteering was a huge proponent of our business, uh, business <laughs> of our homeschooling business, I guess. <laughs> so, um, but the reason I talk about this is um, the importance of it is I. My family and I moved to um, a farm for three and a half years. It was a ministry and it was a ministry to provide vacations for families in need. And so every summer I was in charge of hiring staff. We had lifeguard and camp counselors, but really they were there to really get in deep with the, we called them cottagers that would come. So, you know, to sit down with the moms with a coffee over a puzzle to, so it was really important that the staff that we hired um, really knew how to give yeah. and be present. That was what we were looking for. So I remember having you know a stack of resumes every year because the kids love to work there. It was a really fun place to work with animals and they do crafts there's all kinds of neat things so so we'd always have a big stack of resumes and I remember pulling out 10 resumes you know sifting through and I came across this one and she had gone to a public school, had a stunning uh, record in terms of marks, was on involved in every sport you could imagine. Um, and, and I think, she, I can't remember what it was she wanted to do, but but basically uh, the thing that struck me is in her cover letter, she had said that before she finished school, she wanted to do something in the community. So I, I hired her based on that line. Now, she came to the interview, you know, she shook my hand, nice, confident girl, she looked me in the eye, and I asked her all the questions, interview questions, and she left, and I continued my interviews, and she was a stunning candidate, but I did not hire her. The problem that I saw was, in all of everything she had ever done, it was always for her benefit. It was never to give back to someone else. She was a wonderful girl. She was a nice girl. But we had some high needs families and I wanted someone who had experience in giving of themselves. So, and, and uh, when I phoned her to tell her, she did ask me why, which was a hard conversation to have. And I just explained to her that I was really looking for someone who had volunteered. And she said, you know, this is probably the fourth or fifth interview I go to. And this is the same response. So, what does that tell us? Employers are looking for a balanced lifestyle and people that are going to give back. Mm-hmm. And so, it's one of the things I want to write about in my book because even though it, I thought it was a natural thing to teach, it, you know, the fact that our government had to legislate this as kids need, you know, 40 hours, it just kind of floored me. So, in our experience, the reason we, we um, started to volunteer I, again is I, I wanted to instill that value in my kids of, of being a contributing member to their community mm-hmm. and, and developing that love that get, you get from serving someone else mm-hmm. you know like at Christmas you give someone a gift and you've really thought about it or it's something that you made for them personally and you feel that joy you just can't wait for them to open the gift you almost want to open it yourself for them <laughs> yep well that that is something I really wanted my children to have, and so uh we did volunteer um a, a number of things, and I'll go through um in a few minutes like some of the really simple things we did because it doesn't have to be difficult, but I found that this was so crucial when the kids were around the age of i don't know um, maybe. Between 11 and 14, Mm -hmm. I started finding in my kids, because they were homeschooled since kindergarten, that suddenly, you know, they're doing work, and there was more complaining about, well, why do I have to do this essay? No one's going to see it anyways. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that, it's like, well, we'll show it to dad, or we'll show it to grandma. But there was a bit of that recognition that they needed to be accountable to someone else for some of the things. And that's where I found the volunteering was fabulous.
1: I have to say that I, I, I'm sure that some of our listeners are going to be interested in hearing your more your simpler ideas because those who may be coming from uh, a traditional school uh, or perhaps are still in a traditional school and, and listening to us for ideas, you know, moving forward for their kids, I know that it's hard when you're in a uh, traditional school setting to To volunteer because it's usually you know you have to do it after school, and not only after school but after homework. And if they have a job as they're getting older, or weekends, which I don't know about you guys, but for us we try to treasure as family time. Although it's great to do volunteering as a family too. Yeah. But um, but I like we because we've talked about this before, and I know that you have some ideas to share that really are help develop your child's not only ability but desire to give back without making it a sacrifice yes you know and so and they're able to do it so that's that's um, um stay tuned for that if you're that's if you're in that uh that camp because tracy's got some good stuff to share
0: yeah so i was talking about again the the ages where it was important for them to be accountable to someone else so if they had said you know i'm going to go help out at the church with the you know the kids program or whatever, they had to be there.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: had to come prepared, and I found that they just took off. I did not have to be you know hurry up get your stuff done. They knew they had made a commitment, and they were the the face of that you know children's liturgy or whatever it was that they were doing. And so I found they really rose to that occasion. Mm-hmm in doing that they also could figure out for themselves what things that really motivated them
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know and and our youngest uh, daughter she loves kids she and she can manage a room of kids so they'd go in they're like oh good brooke's here because you know these little five-year-olds are running off and she would just she just has you know a skill to do that and you know we didn't really even know that was there because she's the our youngest child And they, you know, the other uh, children's liturgy teachers would come back and say, Brooke, just she, we love when she's there, the kids listen, but they're having fun. And so it really can highlight some of their skills. Um, So, so I think it's, it's so important, but it doesn't have to be difficult. And so in the early days, one of the things we did is um, we went to a, a weekly Bible study and this was something that I loved to go to. It was my thing of the week. So there was a little nursery for the kids so I could go with my kids and they were taken care of. And while we were there, they always had a craft for the kids. So as my older two became school age and we were still going, I thought, well, they're not going to go to the nursery school, but if I want to keep going, <laughs> mm-hmm. what are they going to do? And there had been another homeschooling family that had helped out for a few years, but they had moved on. So we took over coming up with a craft. So we did this for three and a half years, and what what my kids had to do once a week is basically come up with an idea for a craft, cut out the pieces, and at the first year there was 22 kids every week, but they really had joy in coming up with, oh, what can we make this week? Let's, let's make the pieces of a Mr. Potato Head in, you know, uh, different pieces. And then the kids can glue it wherever. And so they were pretty young when they did that. And my youngest was only three. So she was responsible for assembling the craft so you know it could look however it looked but she had such a joy because when all the kids would come down with their little craft and the moms would come to collect their kids she would be there i helped did you see what i made did you see what your child made and she was so yeah. cute and she wasn't humble yet but she was so cute because she had she had felt that joy of giving of giving back Mm And, and other things that um, we did that were really simple was we would decide, okay, um, let's make some cupcakes or muffins. And then what would we do? We just wrap up a few for the neighbor next door who was on his own, you know, just very simple. But we did that once and said, Oh, how about we bring some over to Mr. Rolex? next door and then it became we'd go strawberry picking and the next thing you know my kids were washing up a little basket and going over and ringing the doorbell to drop it off and then it was oh mom we we're going to get apples do we have enough for Mr. Rolex so it just it made them think but it was simple it was something we were already doing and they would come up with ways of doing things for others without me having to push them or pull them it was just something that became ingrained in them so I'm going to turn it over to you, Pat. What kind of things did you guys get involved in?
1: Yeah, well, uh, when we were when the kids were younger, we would uh, we had a number of uh, nursing homes in our area, and we would um, it started out just as a uh, once a year, you know, at Christmas time, another homeschool mom who loved to sing would put together a group, and we would go caroling uh, different places. And but then we started realizing, you know, stereotypically, they get a lot of attention you know during the holidays people want to do crafts or they read or they musicals or whatever and then the rest of the year they're kind of not doing anything so we decided that we were going to uh, try to do visits not during the holidays we kept doing that too but we would go and my daughter would like uh paint uh, fingernails, you know, for the older people, or uh, we called bingo. Sometimes we would just help the, the, uh, the rec therapist, whatever program she was doing, you know, we would do things. And actually when we started calling, calling bingo, it was so cute. My, our third son was still a toddler and he just would just go around, you know, he didn't know. You can just sit still, of course, but he would go around and visit with the people and you just watch their faces light up. It was just Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. So that we enjoyed that a lot. And uh, one summer, my daughter, my older daughter, she thought she might want to work in a library when she got older. So she volunteered. She just shelved books, you know, but the library was always our family happy place. It was our go-to place. So it was a very natural fit for her to want to do that. And then summer times, all my kids took turns doing this. We always helped with VBS. And mm-hmm. my fourth son just took I mean he loved it he ran the morning program and last church we went to before we moved we were there a couple of years and they did characters that they they did a theme and he dressed up as I forget his character but like superman kind of thing you know and had such a blast and the kids loved it and he had so much fun and so you know I could see their gifts and talents you know, growing. And that was one thing when you mentioned how you discovered your youngest daughter, uh, you know, had a love for kids and an ability to wrangle, (laughs) wrangle little ones. Uh, As your kids get older, volunteering is a great way for them to explore possible career opportunities. I mean, you you know, they can discover something they didn't know that they could do or that they didn't know they couldn't, they enjoyed. And maybe that could be something that they could run with because, you know, a lot of times it's hard when you get into high school and the upper grades and people say, well, what do you want to do? What do you, you know, where are you going to college? What do you want to study? All that stuff And they don't always know that, you know? So yeah, volunteering mm-hmm. is kind of a give and take, you know, thing there. So yeah. yeah,
0: you're making me think, um, I have a nephew and he's an amazing snowboarder. We get lots of snow for many months here. So, mm-hmm. and so one year they have a four season cottage near a ski hill and he noticed that um, snowboarding is really big and they have these snowboarding parks with all the, I don't know, these different rails and the snow, they put it in different shapes and stuff. So their local hill hadn't done much um, with the snowboarding hill. So he went to them and he said, "Um, you know, I have some ideas for things that we could do for this. And so he talked to, he just went and, you know, talked to the owner Or the manager the manager's like well let me talk let you talk to the owner and lo and behold they said how about sure you can put some stuff together you have to come outside of you know when people are on the hill but we'd be interested because we don't really have any resources to do that Mm. so by the time he got it finished though ski season was almost done (laughs) but the next year they called him up to come back and they actually paid him to start fixing the hill well let's fast forward a number of years he started to get different um hills column because someone said hey we've been hearing great things about your hill what did you do and so he actually um the last winter olympics he was on the team that built one of the the men's like um downhill course and he was the youngest one on that team i think he was that's just a couple years ago now so he's he was probably like 21 22 when he did that but it started from him seeing a need Going in and saying I could do this for you and now he's graduated school. He's a he's a in Some kind of engineer and not engineer but design architecture kind of thing and he works freelance Sometimes he's designing indoor offices. Sometimes he's designing snow stuff. He just, that's what he does. But it started from volunteering, exactly like you said. Wow. Without expecting anything in return, he just went and said, you know, I could fix up your hill. And he had a love of, you know, the snowboarding and wanted it better and figured he could do it. And what a wonderful example of just taking the initiative.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, really, he didn't do it in terms of, well, gee, I have to figure out what career I want to follow. He did it out of his heart, you know, and his delight, you know, that he liked doing that, too. That, That's exactly, a great yeah. So, so what, are, what are some ideas you have, like, because we're not only talking now to pandemic homeschoolers, but, or new homeschoolers, but, you know, there are an, a, a large, I don't know large, but there is a segment of homeschoolers, parents who have, uh, make it maybe chronic illness or something that yes that they're not really able to get out of the house and get their kids out of the house like what would you say how can people incorporate volunteering in some form or fashion in that situation
0: okay so one of the one of the homeschooling families that lives near us they actually had six kids of their own mm-hmm. if my memory serves me correctly there was a two parents died in the family and they ended up adopting four kids so suddenly they had 10 kids. I don't know the full story. And what they would do though, they would have signs go up. You need hedge trimming or you need weeding or you need your thing show. And they for a while, they just did it volunteer. And over time, it became a little business. They knew that one of those kids could shovel the driveway or whatever. But it just started out with their mom realizing, okay, I want them to do something else. They So they just put a little thing. Are, are you a senior on your own? You want some help? We, we'd love to come and volunteer and you know do a few things around your yard wow you know it could be and it could be as simple as you know the elderly lady down the street has trouble bringing her garbage to the curb it could be that simple once a week that that you go over and the other thing I was thinking is for those that are homebound right now great Uh, thing that we don't do much of anymore is just encouragement letters through snail mail (laughs) instead of you know email that who doesn't love receiving a note from somebody handwritten
1: and, and just not, not a bill and it's not junk mail. I mean, it's, it's addressed to you specifically as a real person. (laughs) My,
0: my mom is 80 years old and she's in fine shape. Um, my parents are still in great shape, but they're because of COVID they're, Mm -hmm. you know, confined and they have to be um, careful and it was my mom's idea to start a pen pal relationship with three of our gr- granddaughters oh. but you know and and I know one of my daughters in the middle of a move and that and she's like I'm gonna write that note because I know how much it means to grandma oh. you know I'm gonna keep writing to her every few days and it's beautiful and how how much time does that take right I know. I
1: know. you
0: know and and if they're really young our kids sometimes would do some artwork right and then we fold it up, put it in an envelope, and mail it to Grandma. And she loved it. She mm-hmm. loved it. So it doesn't it doesn't have to be difficult. And with a large family, oftentimes the older kids could volunteer with the younger kids. Right. They could read them their English lesson, or read them a story, or help them with their math. I've seen that in large homeschooling families, and that is a form of volunteering
1: because that's their personal time. Yeah. You know that they're. they're I think that's at. that's important that we just really. You know, volunteering, similar to the concept of mentoring that we talked, to, uh, talked about in another episode, doesn't have to be, you know, a contrived, difficult, a challenge, challenging thing that, you know, something else to add on your plate. It requires us to think outside of ourselves and to think of someone else's needs and biblically, you know, to put others' needs above our own and trust the Lord that he's going to meet our needs and that's just a mindset that really, you know, if you can model that for your kids and, and they will pick that up, they will take that with them no matter what they're doing or where they're going and influence, you know, gender. I mean, that's a legacy building kind of thing because then that'll be their personality, their way to, you know, their, their modus operandi. And their kids will see that, you know, and so on. And it's, it's really, yeah. And, and, you know, if it's
0: there, as they're, like you said, it just becomes who they are. And so, as my kids are all grown up now, my daughter was away at school and then, you know, she sent us a picture and it was this big stuffed bear. And she goes, Guess what? That's me. I, they needed a volunteer to be the mascot at the blood donor clinic <laughs> to keep the kids busy while the parents were, and she said, you know, every year they're like trying to find someone because no one wants to do it because the, the suit is really hot too. She goes, I told them as long as I'm here in Newfoundland, I'll be your volunteer. I love doing it. I love going around with the kids. And I just thought it was so great. Like she, you know, she just stepped up and, and did that, you know? And, and it's, it's just a, like a wonderful thing to instill in your, in your kids. And yeah. So
1: make your Mama's heart so proud to just, Oh,
0: I know. And it's so cute. We always laugh. What's Brooke doing now? Okay. (laughs) but like you know like you were saying you never know what skills or or that our our daughter at 11 got asked by the neighbor if if she would um cuz she played piano really well and the neighbor wanted lessons but she didn't the mom didn't want to go out for lessons she just wanted right. someone to come in so someone said oh uh the Hagermans over there their daughter plays piano but i so they my neighbor approached me and i'm like she's only 11 years old and she said, well, I'd like to give her a little something. but it And I'm like, okay, well, we can just try. Well, this started, my daughter started doing that with that girl. And it worked so well. She would do the lesson plans and all, everything. She said, no, mom, I know what I'm doing. I can figure this out. And the girl she was teaching was maybe five years younger than her. <gasps> and so before you knew it, my daughter had a uh, was teaching piano to all kinds of people in the neighborhood and and started getting paid for it because someone thought oh well, she has this gift and I'm like oh we can try it but no you don't have to pay her because she's, she's loving. Yeah. and I, you know, but again it was just and that young and what does my daughter do now she's an audio engineer singer songwriter and she performs you know I think last year before COVID she did 180 shows across you wow. know the province so like you never. No, you never know, but just those little opportunities to give back,
1: yeah. Well, I hope hope that you have been as inspired as I am, Uh, even though I don't have little ones at home or even big ones anymore. Tracy, you just shared some amazing uh, examples, and for those of you listening, too, Tracy has put together uh, a list of collection of just a bunch of simple, easy ways that you can get involved in volunteering that to make it easy and simple and just not add something extra on your plate and help foster that heart and that desire for giving back to the community. So the link to that will be in the show notes. So definitely make sure you, you grab, grab that from her. And um, yeah, Tracy, I guess this this is a perfect place to, to end, wrap this one up. Thank you so much those ideas and you sharing your stories. I love hearing about your family and, and uh, all the things that, you, that you've done over the years. That's what we've got for you today. So thank you for being here with us and we look forward to talking to you the next time.
0: Sounds great. Thanks Pat. Take care. Talk Thanks soon.
1: Soon. <laughs> well,
0: that wraps up another episode of the You Can Homeschool podcast. Thanks for joining us for another candid conversation. For more information on life-changing books, courses, and coaching services, or if you have a homeschooling topic you'd like to hear discussed in a show, check our show notes for how to reach out to Pat and Tracy.